0: Welcome in to another edition of Home Run Throwback. I am Jimmy Morris, joined as always by John Glennon. John, how are you tonight?
1: Doing well, Jimmy. And you?
0: Doing good. Better than last week when we recorded this. Uh, Titans went to Jacksonville and and took care of business today, so that was good to see. I mean, obviously a team that the Titans needed to beat, no doubt about that, but they got on there and win in convincing fashion, which is something they haven't done all too often this season. So... We'll break all that down for you before we do. Remind you, this podcast is a Broadway Sports Media podcast. BroadwaySportsMedia.com is the website. Uh, The best Titans coverage you'll find on the internet is there, so check that out. Sign up for a trial membership. See everything you get behind the paywall. I think you'll want to hang around uh, for the rest of the season, all the breakdowns and stuff that are going on there. Uh, Home Run Throwback is the podcast. You can search that wherever you get your podcast, and you'll get this show as well as the Titans in 10 show that I do a couple times a week. Uh, just kind of quick hitters on daily news. So, again, just search out Home Run Throwback, subscribe there, and you'll get these shows as soon as they become available. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at jmorrismcm. John is at Sports. All right, so as we mentioned, the Titans go to Jacksonville and get a 31-10 win today. a lot of good stuff in this win, so it's nice to, you know, we've had a few wins this year where even, you know, in, in, in these victory podcasts there's been a lot of bad stuff kind of to break down, and, and there's not a whole lot of that today. So that's good. Um, you know, go down there and get the win. I, I think the one critique I would have would be the the fourth and two carry to jeremy (laughs) mcnichols um i i get the i I get the idea there trying to hurry up to the line and and you know kind of catch him off guard but i'd still you know much rather give that ball to derrick henry but you know again if if that's what we're nitpicking at it's obviously a good thing and and i think we'll start with derrick henry here because you know what he's doing is really special and i think sometimes we overlook it to an extent because he just does it week in and week out and we forget about You know, all the things he's not supposed to be doing. He's not supposed to be doing this after how many carries he got last year. He's not supposed to be doing this, um, you know, against defenses that know what's coming and are able to stack the box. You know, he's not supposed to be able to, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, um, you know, he's not supposed to be able to put up this many fantasy points without catching passes. I mean, it's all the things that, you know, it, it seems like people kind of count Derrick Henry out for. But, again, today he goes for 215. Um, you know, has a long run of forty-seven. But I mean, I was telling John before we started. You know, at one point I looked up and he had one hundred eighty yards. I didn't even realize he had that many because he hadn't had the the huge run that he has. I mean, obviously he had the long touchdown run. But you know, we're used to when he gets to those games where he's going for two hundred yards, he has a seventy-five yard run or a ninety-yard run or something like that. He didn't have one of those today. But I mean, twenty-six carries, two hundred fifteen yards. 8.3 yards per carry. I mean, just continuing to get it done, they can turn on hand it to him and, and get yards whenever they need to. And, you know, listen, Ryan Tannehill was great, too. We'll talk about that as well. But what we're seeing with Derrick Henry is really something special and really something that you just don't see that much in today's NFL.
1: No, you really don't. And, and I think, you know, as we talked about before the, the podcast, uh, you know, one drive I, I thought kind of sort of summed it up for the, for the Titans and for Derrick Henry you know the Titans' offense had been kind of sputtering a little bit, having trouble getting started in the in the first half, and then close to the end of the half, uh, score still seven to three, very much a game. Uh, the Titans kind of went on one of those classic Titans drives that, that uh, even though it was near the end of the half, they didn't throw a single pass. Uh, the only thing Ryan Tannehill did was turn around and hand the ball to Derrick Henry five straight times, uh, and he gobbled up 75 yards, ran 36 yards for a touchdown um you know and, and in retrospect that was the winning touchdown right there um but more than that you know the the overall numbers we're seeing from Derrick Henry yeah uh, and the names that he is now being mentioned with for some of his accomplishments are are very very impressive you know uh one that that uh, came to mind um uh, today or, or one that was revealed today you know 100 rushing yards in nine straight road games that's crazy now the second longest streak in NFL history, behind Barry Sanders' ten. Uh, the the first player, uh, Derrick Henry, the first player in NFL history with four career games with at least 200 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns. And then one more, I'll, I'll toss out there. Uh, he's now one of just seven running backs in NFL history with more than 1,500 rushing yards and 14 or more touchdowns through 13 games. And listen. Jimmy to the other names that, that have done that uh, in the past. And, again, we're talking about some rare company here. Jim Brown, O.J. Simpson, Walter Payton, Eric Dickerson, Terrell, Terrell Davis, Terrell Davis, excuse me, and, and Ricky Williams. So, yeah, you know, as, as much as we have seen it time after time, we have to be aware of, of just exactly what Derrick Henry is doing uh, in terms of not only this season but an but overall history uh we're we're watching something pretty phenomenal um you know kind of unfold in front of our eyes here yeah and all those
0: names you listed there i mean kind of to the point <laughs> the most recent guy on that list is ricky williams and he retired in 2011 yeah. his last season in the nfl was 2011 he's the only one mm-hmm. on that list that you mentioned i think that's not in the pro football hall of fame um, so you know, it's just it's pretty it, pretty spectacular company to be mentioned there. And I, I saw on Twitter that Barry Sanders had tweeted something to Derrick Henry. That that's kind of yeah. cool. Uh, you know, just just right. when you have a guy. I mean, those of us who saw Barry Sanders play. Um, I mean, just remember how good he was, how bad those offensive lines were that were blocking for him, how much of a, of, of those yards that he had he created for himself. And so to, to see that guy reaching out, I mean, that, that's got to be really cool for Derrick Henry. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. And, it, it, again, it's not how the game's played as much anymore. But like you said, it just seems like whenever they need a drive like that, that when the offense is mm-hmm. struggling. And, listen, Ryan, again, Ryan Tannehill was really good today. But, the, you know, it was, it was kind of a slow start there, and they just – they just give it to him, and it's like that. Just that gets them in rhythm, and then they just kind of start to fire from there. So um, it, it's really special. Like I said, I, did, I just hope we don't take it for granted because um, there was there was so much talk about whether or not the Titans should pay him, and you know all that. Can you pay running backs yeah. and all that stuff? And I mean, I think we both agree that generally paying a running back is not a good idea. I mean, we've seen time and time again these running backs that get these huge contracts, they don't end up working out, especially by the time you get to the end of the contract for that team. But the Titans did a fantastic job. You know that they, they had a rough off season, but they did a fantastic mm-hmm. job on Henry's contract. You know, making it to where he got he got money, he got guaranteed money, and it didn't. It's not going to kill him in four years. I mean, they just did a really good right. job there. And again, without him, you know, I mean, I think the offense is still pretty good. Obviously, AJ Brown, and Corey Davis have been very good. Tannehill's good. I mean, all that stuff. But without him, it's a different team. He's making this offense go they're in a window. It just, it makes so much sense for, to, to pay him like they did for what he's done. And, you know, it's just, like I said, it's just fun to watch week in and week out. And, and I hope that we appreciate it and get to see it, you know, at least for a couple more years here. Um, Moving over to Tannehill. I mean, like I said, I I thought he was fantastic today again. Um, You you know, and he throws for 212 yards, two touchdowns, 131 rating. You had some good stats on him. I'll let you get into those uh, from your post tonight. But, I I mean, again, I I think what he's doing is underappreciated too because of the numbers that Derrick Henry's putting up. But, you know, efficiency That's the thing with Ryan Tannehill. I mean, he's not – his numbers are not going to pop off the stat page when you look at him amongst other NFL quarterbacks today. Now, they pop when you look at – especially for Titans-era quarterbacks. um, You know, he's getting into some pretty special company there. But, you know, when you just look at his yardage and that kind of stuff, it's not what you're seeing some other guys do. But 19-24, to 212 yards, two touchdowns, you know, only took one sack, didn't throw any interceptions – I mean, it's just this offense, when both of those guys are, are going like they are, they have a chance to be something special. And we've known that. We've talked about that. The, the defense has been the problem. Um, you know, we can get to that. But, like, it's just what these two guys are doing in tandem is really, really special. And I think we appreciate it here. And I think as they continue to make the run that they're on this year, hopefully they can win a couple of playoff games, that kind of stuff. Then I think they'll start to really get the, the respect that they deserve nationally. But it's just we haven't seen anything like this in the 20-plus years the Titans have been here.
1: No, no, we really haven't. And, you know, in re- in regards to uh, to Ryan Tannehill, you know, I think we saw last week, uh, you know, against Cleveland, that if it comes down to it, he can throw – you know, they, they couldn't really use Derrick Henry much last week. They were down 38-7 to at the half, which obviously limits how many times you're going to run the ball. Um, but in that kind of game, he showed – what kind of passer he can be when he has to be. You know, he wound up throwing for almost 400 yards, I think, and, you know, led the Titans uh, on a pretty decent rally, which could have been even closer had it not been an un- for an unfortunate uh, interception. So, you know, he's shown us that that he can throw the ball uh, when the Titans need to be a pass-heavy team. But most of the time, uh, you know, when, when Derrick Henry is running for 100, 150, 200 yards a game, uh, it, it works so well in balance that Ryan Tannehill doesn't have to put up the kind of big passing numbers, um, you know, that a lot of quarterbacks around the league do. Uh, you know, he did uh, set a, a Titans-era uh, record uh, for quarterbacks this, uh, this game when he threw, um, you know, his 27th TD pass of the, of the season. He broke uh, Marcus Mariota's uh, record in, in that regard. Um, but again, you know, you, you, you don't come across his numbers and say, wow, that guy's just lighting it up. You know, is this guy a, an MVP candidate? But right now he's, he's kind of given the, uh, the perfect balance to this offense. Um, you know, and, and he, I, I think another good thing that, that we see Ryan Tannehill do is he, is he moves around the, the, the ball around an awful lot, you know, well, one week it's Corey Davis that's getting a hundred yard games. Another week it's AJ Brown that's getting a hundred yard games. Uh, you know, we've even seen like, like Ferkser and Ren Raymond have 100-yard games this year and, and Swaim had a touchdown catch today. So, uh, you know, yeah, I, I think he's kind of the, uh, the, orchest, uh, the, uh, the orchestrator of this whole uh, Titans offense. And, you know, even though uh, we've seen the Titans offense kind of struggle early in, in the last two games, bottom line, if you look over the last four games for the Titans offense, They've been over 400 yards uh, in, in each of those four games and scored at least 30 points in each of those four games. That's the first time that's ever happened in franchise history. So, uh, you know, overall, the big picture on this offense is it is really clicking um, heading down the stretch here.
0: It, it, and it's, it's really, really good. Uh, Jim White had the stat earlier tonight. Titans have scored 30-plus points with 400 yards of offense in four straight games for the first time in franchise history. And that goes back to the Oilers' Uh, you know the run and shoot days. That that includes that. A lot of the stuff that we're talking about is, is just Titans era specific stuff. Um, but Tannehill's Hills also, uh, from Mike Herndon, he needs just 363, 363 yards to pass Matt Hasselbeck's three hundred or three thousand five hundred seventy one yards passing, which is the Titans era record um, for you know for for passing yards in a season. It's crazy that Matt Hasselbeck has that record. I um, think he started <laughs> for one season here. But, um, you know, that, again, that just goes to the, the struggles that this team has had on offense. And even, you know, when we think back, I mean, in my mind, the, the glory days of the Titans' offense before now is, you know, the Steve McNair Mike Heimerdinger teams. And yeah. the, they didn't come anywhere close to the numbers that this passing game is putting up. I mean, it was a different era of the NFL. All that stuff, obviously,
1: and and they didn't have to at, at, at right. times either. Yes, because the defense was so Yeah, much yeah.
0: it was the exact point, right. right, the exact opposite of this team, um, where the the defense was was really good and the offense struggled at times. But, yeah, I mean, so it, it's just it, – it's really fun to watch what, what they're able to do. And, you know, all of this has led to a, a lot of conversations around Corey Davis and his contract, you know, with the Titans not picking up his fifth-year option. So he's, you know, scheduled to be a free agent at the end of this year. And, you know, just to, on that for just a second, the, the Titans absolutely made the right decision by not picking up Corey Davis' fifth-year option. Um, you know, he had been up and yep. down in, in his in his first years here. Um, And then never mind the fact that that fifth-year option I think would pay him like $15 million. For next year, and listen, as good as Corey Davis has been this year, he's not a fifteen million dollar per year type of guy, especially not with you know the uncertainty with what the salary cap's going to be and all that stuff next year. So I know Corey Davis has been great, and I know it's really easy to you know just say, "Well, they made a terrible decision," but not. But I mean, it it was the right choice at the time, and it. I mean, it's still the right choice now. Now again, hopefully they can work something out with him because you know if you could pay Corey Davis in like an eight to ten million per year, I mean I think we'd all be happy with that and and to keep this group together for another couple of years with you know what we see from AJ Brown you know having Derrick Henry having Ryan Tannehill under under contract for the next couple of years um, I mean you would hope that they would be able to run this offense back with what they've been able to do but it's just it's fun and and listen you know uh, AJ Brown had that ridiculous touchdown catch today on the flea flicker you know he has another 100 yard game like you said I mean the, the fact that they've spread it around to so many different guys but you know I can't remember a time at any point in this franchise history where they or this the Titans era history where they have had just this this ability on offense to if one thing's not working they can pivot to something else you know if Henry's not working you can go to AJ Brown if AJ Brown's not working you can go to Corey Davis I mean they they just have so many different things that they can do and that's what makes it so much fun to watch, uh, especially compared to some of the teams we've seen in the past. And that's, again, why when the defense has struggled the way that it has at most points this year, it's so frustrating because this offense is good enough to, to take them to a Super Bowl. I mean, there's no doubt about that. This overall team doesn't feel like it's good enough unless the defense can figure a few things out. But they have the offense that they need to be mentioned among the elite teams
1: in the league. Yeah, there's no doubt, and and you know it's it's kind of funny. Um, Johnny Smith, you know, is another great weapon. Yeah, uh, got up to a great start the the first the first uh, three, four, five weeks, especially. Um, you know, it hasn't been used all that much often over the over the last several weeks. Um, but uh, again, you know, it, it's not as if you need to say, "Hey, why why aren't the Titans getting the ball to Johnny Smith?" Because they're doing just fine, and, and what they're uh, what they're racking up, throwing to Brown and throwing to Davis and using Derrick Henry as well. But there is another weapon out there, and it's also worth keeping in mind that they're doing all this without Adam Humphreys uh, either, who's making uh, you know who was paid some pretty good money to be the the slot guy, but just hasn't been able to stay healthy, and now of course is still trying to overcome that uh, that uh, concussion. Uh, um, but yeah, it's it's uh, uh, you know to to your point on on Corey Davis, yeah, I, I completely agree. You know, it, it's easy to say, oh my gosh, you know. Corey Davis is having this incredible season. You know, what were the Titans thinking, not picking up that 50-year option? Well, there was no way to project uh, that this would be the season that, that Davis had, uh, you know, based on what he had done in his first three years. So I feel certain, you know, we don't, you don't often see teams, once they decide not to pick up that 50-year option, um, you know, it seems to me that they don't often stay together uh, the two sides and that but I, I think you know there are plenty of reasons that, that both these uh, both Tory Davis and the Titans would be would be better off with one another you know Davis seems to be a good fit here he's, he's a great run blocker as well as a receiver uh, you know he certainly seems to be excelling now in, in Arthur uh, Smith's system so uh, yeah I, I think the Titans will definitely make a run uh, at him you know I think I think you could make a better argument um, for the Titans regret. Uh, the previous year, when yep. they when they decided not to pick up Jack Conklin's, uh, you know, 50-year option, I think that you know you could argue that that should have been done uh, much more than, than you could have about uh, about Corey Davis. But uh, you know, I, I still think they'll they'll take a real run on him, and, and would not be surprised at all to, to see him be part of this team's future.
0: Yeah, it would be nice to have <laughs> Jack Conklin on the right right now, and uh, Dennis Kelly on the left. Right? I mean, and again, you couldn't. I think they made the right choice on Conklin at the time. Um, you know, with with what they knew, and, and you know, he had been injured, and, and obviously he played really well last yeah. year. Um, and, and you don't know Taylor DeJuan's going to get out, get hurt, and Sambrello's going to – I mean, all that stuff you don't know. I, I think it was the right decision at the time too. But, yeah, that's certainly a better argument for – uh, fifth-year options they they could have picked up and listen who needs Jonu Smith when you got Jeff Swaim right I mean you know the, but it, <laughs> <laughs> again it just goes to the fact that, that, that they they can get guys open Johnny Smith is just a decoy <laughs> exactly exactly um, <laughs> it, it goes to the to the fact that they can get guys open and they, and it goes to the fact that when defenses have so much that they have to cover then you know that these these um, auxiliary pe- pieces so to speak uh, can can make plays certain times because. It's almost like you can't take away everything. And so, you know, the, the, you're trying to make sure you don't get beat on the outside by Brown and Davis, and so you've got somebody open in the middle. So, yeah, th- listen, the Titans are going to have a lot of interesting decisions to make this off season because, like I said, Davis is a free agent. John is a free agent. So, I mean, you know, y- you want to keep this together as much as you can. And then is Arthur Smith still here? I mean, just a lot of questions that you're going to have, you know, once, once we get to the offseason. But, you know, obviously a lot to do between now and then. Uh, pivoting the defense a little bit, um, they were good today. I mean, the, the Jaguars are, are not good on offense. We know that. Mike Glennon is not good, and Mike Glennon is the type of quarterback that you want to play against because he's going gonna to sit in the pocket. So, you, you know, I heard Dave McGinnis talk a lot about that this week, about how you, when you know a, where a guy's going to be, it's easy to send pressure and that kind of stuff. Now, they still didn't get a whole lot of pressure on him today. Um, it's not like they were, you know, banging down the doors in this one. Um, I think they no. they, didn't sack, they didn't get any sacks today. I was going to say I thought they sacked Glennon once, but they didn't. Um, so, you know, again, that's, that's an issue. That's going to be an issue this, this entire season. I, I think the, the biggest takeaway from the defense today was how good Malcolm Butler was. And Malcolm Butler has been a guy that has drawn the ire of Titans fans at times, and for good reason at times. I mean, we, we've seen this from him time and time again. He, he's up and he's down. When he's really good, when he's good, he's really good. When he's bad, he can be really bad at times. But today, it seemed like, and I don't know if, if you've actually seen numbers, I don't know if they're out anywhere yet, but it seemed like he basically shadowed DJ Shark today. I mean, I don't know if he was on the entire game, but it seemed like every time there was a pass thrown in Shark's direction, Malcolm Butler was the guy that was there, and he pretty much took him away. And, and, and Shark, Shark's a good player. It's, you know, it's not like for all the, the issues that, that the Jaguars have on offense. I mean, D.J. Shark is a, is a legitimate number one wide receiver. And Butler was really fantastic on him today. And so, again, we've talked about the, the pressure, you know, the, the lack of pressure, and the fact that there's not really there, – there's no help on the horizon for that at this point. But when you talk about it, if Malcolm Butler can play at this level, and then you know eventually you get Adoree Jackson back in theory. He practiced this week, right? So I mean, <laughs> that's a step in the right direction. Um, Christian Fulton has been practicing. He did not get activated. I think they have to activate him this week, or you know, send him to season season-ending IR. But you know, if in a week or two you, you're able to run out a secondary that has. Butler and Adori and, and Fulton as your top three corners, which is what they wanted, you know, from the beginning of the year, and we haven't really we haven't gotten to see that at all yet. Then you feel like there's there's some there's some area for them to get better there. Um, you know, Vicaro wasn't able to go today because he was sick. Amani uh, Hooker, I, I thought played pretty well. He, he's played good for the most part this season so i I mean i think again the the pass rush at this point kind of is what it is there's not much i don't i don't think it's going to change there but the secondary does have a chance to improve and again like we've said all along get back to a middle of the pack tight defense you don't have to be great just get back to that middle of the pack deal and that can be good enough for this team to do some special things
1: yeah, and and you know, again, we take this all with with a grain of salt because, right. as you touched on, this is Jacksonville. Uh, this is not a, a very good football team. You know, on the other hand, you know, I, I don't think that the Jaguars are, are kind of quite the sort of the, the patsy that that uh, the record would indicate. Um, you know, in in four of their last five games, uh, you know, they were uh, within a score at the uh, at the end of the game and. I think uh, 11 total points decided for their five, last five games. So they've been playing, you know, pretty decent football. Um, but I thought, uh, you know, a, a few things that were especially encouraging about the, the Titans' defense today, you know, two of the areas that they have really struggled in uh, this year were, were getting off the field on third downs um, and also uh, red zone defense. Uh, and they stepped up, um, you know, pretty well in, in both those categories. Uh, the Jags were one for three in the red zone, uh, against the Titans today, which is a huge step up that, you know, Titans turn them over on downs twice in the, in the red zone in the fourth quarter. And the Jags were also only five for 14 on third downs, um, you know, 36%, which is, is much lower than what the Titans had been given up for most of the year, which was over 50%. So, uh, again, take it with a grain of salt, but. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, Butler really, really stood out today uh, against Chark. Um, nine targets, nine passes targeted for Chark, uh, only two completions for 16 yards, and, and Malcolm Butler was primarily responsible for that. I think he had two or three pass breakups. You know, he had the, uh, the interception as well. And, uh, you know, I thought it was interesting afterwards, he said that he kind of owed Chark uh, a game like that. Um, you know, and I was trying to think back if there had been some type of incident, you know, b- between Shark and, and Butler uh, in in Shark's brief career, uh, couldn't think of it. But you know, Shark has had some decent success against the Titans. Uh, I think I looked it up. I think he'd caught 13 or 16 targets coming into this game, so he'd had some pretty good success. But but Malcolm Butler was able to play press coverage today. He was able to track one guy around on the field, and I think he likes uh, you know, both of those things. So he really had one of the, the best games I have, uh, I have seen him play. Um, and uh, again, you know, no stacks, correct, uh, on, on the, on the Jaguars today. And that, that hurts. And that is a season long problem. But I did think there was in general more pressure on the quarterback than we have seen from the Titans in, in recent, uh, games, you know, part of that certainly is, is Glennon is not, uh, a uh, particular mobile guy. I, I hate ragging on a guy named Clinton, but I, you know I gotta gotta do it nonetheless. But uh, he, he's he's not a particular mobile guy. But but nonetheless, I think they had seven quarterback hits uh, all total today, and, and uh, that's going to help. You know, even moving guys around and, and forcing them to throw away some passes, which was the case today. Um, you know, I, I do think there was at least, if not sacks, at, at least you know pressure is a step in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Anything, right? Anything will is, yeah, is better, is
0: better than, than what we've seen at times with this group. So, um, yeah, that, that's certainly – and that's what, that, that's what we're going to be keeping an eye on from here on out. Like I said, we know what the offense is. Um, can the defense just make those small strides forward that, you know, can get them to, to where you're talking about this team as being able to have a shot to be a contender? Um, as we look forward to what's left – uh, the Titans, you know, they, they play the Lions next week, and then you've got the Sunday night game against the Packers, and then you close the season with the Texans. Um, the The Titans are still tied record-wise with the Colts. The Colts had a big win today over the Raiders. Um, and, and so that that's kind of what we're going to be keeping an eye on at, at this point. And, you know, it, it's good to be in the position where we're tracking, you know, wins and losses for the AFC South. Um, not you know whether or not they're going to get into the playoffs. So I mean, I mean they're they're to the point now where barring you know just a monumental collapse, you're talking about a playoff team. Now it's just a matter of, of can they hold on to win the AFC South. And when you look at again what these two teams have left, I mean the the Titans. I mean, we've seen crazy things happen, but the Titans should be able to beat a bad Lions team. Should be able to beat a bad Texans team. That you know, the, the trip to Lambeau is obviously going to be tough. Um, you know, not as tough as it would be. You know, if you had fans, we've we've talked about that. Um, so I mean, that, they get a little bit of of a break there. But what the Colts have left, they have the Texans this week, this coming week, and then they have a game against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Uh, in two weeks, and then they finish with Jacksonville. So, I I mean, you think that the the Colts are at least going to win two out of those three as well. So the Titans are going to need to win at least two out of three, it would seem, to win this division because right now the tiebreaker that you have is, I mean, obviously, you know, head-to-head they split there. If they finish with the same record, the next tiebreaker is, you know, games in the division, and the Colts lost that early game to the Jaguars. So you know, if if everybody takes care of business like you think they should, then the Titans in with one division loss, and the Colts in with two. Or no, the tight, yeah, yeah, the Titans in with one division loss, and, and the Colts would in with two. So you've got to make sure you get that week 17 game against the Texans. But you know, again, there's a, there's a lot we've seen. We've seen crazy things happen. Uh, we've seen a letdown in games against teams that are even the caliber of the Lions at times. So you you got to make sure you can go out and take care of your business. But the the win today just kind of puts them that much more in a position where you feel like they've got a really good shot to go ahead and win the division.
1: Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, if you're a person that likes to look at sort of the, you know, the computer probabilities uh, and that type of thing, uh, you know, I know there's a a popular um, website, 538.com, that I like to to follow. Uh, Titans now have a 95% chance of reaching the playoffs. And uh, 61% chance of, of winning the AFC South. Uh, and of course, if they if they beat Detroit next week, the numbers go up even more. Um, 99 uh, for the playoffs and 68 for winning the division. So, uh, yeah, again, in, in some years past, you were trying to figure out not only what the Titans had to do, but what other teams had to do in terms of losses uh, for for the Titans to make the playoffs. This year, you know, the Titans have it in their in their own hands. They control their own destiny. Um, so, you know, they certainly got a, uh, especially big challenge when they go up to, uh, um, to Green Bay, but, uh, at least the, the Colts will be going up to, uh, to Pittsburgh uh, as well. But, you know, I, I think in terms of, of, looking sort of at the, uh, at the big picture, um, also, you know, I, I, don't think we can forget now that, that this is today's win, you know, clinched a, a fifth straight, uh, winning season, uh, for the Titans, you know, that's their ninth win. Um, something that this franchise hasn't done uh, since like the late 80s and, and early 90s, um, you know, which is, which is no small feat. Um, I, I think the Titans coming into this year had maybe the fourth or fifth uh, best stretch of, of winning seasons in a row, you know, as, as hard as that might be to believe since it's only it was only four uh, coming in. But that just kind of shows what, what the NFL is like. And, and to, to record, you know, five straight winning seasons, even if it ends up only being nine wins, it's not a uh, it's not a bad uh, achievement there, but you know certainly what the Titans want now uh, is, is to take that next step after nine, um, you know whether that's ten, whether that's eleven or twelve. But they have some real opportunity here uh, to win the division for the first time since 2008, to host a playoff game, uh, you know for the first time since 2008. Even though hosting a playoff game would would certainly not be the same in the pandemic situation, you know it's still a, a, an important step, but uh, you know, I, I, I think we're, uh, we're certainly seeing this Titans team, uh, you know, and then this franchise in general, uh, you know, making some, uh, some, some big progress. Um, and, and again, if they can just, uh, uh, you know, control what they can control here, uh, boy, winning the, uh, winning the division would be, uh, would be something to see for the first time since 2008.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, you know, and then bigger picture, when you talk to if they do win the division, talking about seeding, um, you're really going to be watching the Bills. I mean, the, the Chiefs and the Steelers are most likely going to be one and two. Uh, the Bills, as we're recording this, are, are kind of putting it on the Steelers, uh, which is a game that it, you know, for it's hard to cheer for the Steelers ever for me. But um, you know, it would have been nice for the Steelers to to be able to beat the Bills just because the Titans. If you know, obviously if the Titans finish with the same record as the Bills, the Titans would get the higher seed. Uh, with the you know with that head-to-head win so uh, we'll we'll keep an eye on that as well but that's still to me a little bit you know far down the road you gotta you gotta get the division first and that kind of stuff anyway yeah I mean to, to see them today go out there take care of business get a you know convincing win against a team that they should be able to get a convincing win over is a big thing now go and, you know, don't have the letdown next week against the Lions. And then, you know, we, we've seen they haven't had trouble getting up for those big games. So, I mean, you, you feel maybe a little bit less worried about that Packers game than you do some other ones just because the, you ha, you've seen them play in those games. It's been the other games that they've kind of let down in. So, I don't know. I mean, it, it's a step in the right direction, like you said. The consistency with the winning um, is something that we haven't seen here, of course. But like you said, I mean, just in the NFL in general. Um it's it's you don't see teams that go on runs where they have five six seven winning seasons in a row. It seems like there's always whether it's you know a quarterback change or injuries or whatever it is, um, you, you know you, you have a down year in there. And even when the Titans were so good when they first came to.